This is Jordan from Newfound Glory. Listen to story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. <laughs> Attention. This podcast will make you happy, make you sad, believe and make you mad, but they're sure to make you feel included. The things they talk about are completely random. It's story time with Matthew Haslam Hammond. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Storytime with Matthew Haslam Hammond, the podcast where you, the member of the general public, will gather and tell your story. Why? Because everybody has a story. Like always, this podcast is sponsored by the Pastor Assist Pod. Follow Callum, Jack, Doug and Carl as they discuss basketball. And is there for your basketballing needs. Today's guest, uh, we have got a spiritualist on the phone, a tarot reader. Uh, the first time ever in Storytime history, so this is going to be very, very fun. Please welcome Alexa. So Alexa, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I feel bad. I keep keeping you, like getting you off guard. Like every time you're about to like drink or anything like that, I always say like go for it, and then next you know you're like sipping or like you know uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> happening the sound. Yeah, no, there's a slight delayed response. It's because I'm drinking water and definitely not vodka. <laughs> where where did you grow up? Picking up an accent on you. Um, well, I grew up in Sydney, but my parents are South African, and then I also have British family, so there's also the British element, and then lots of American television influence, so that's where the American kind of twang comes from as well. <laughs> you, you and Daniel must have like so much in common then when it comes to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, lovely guy. Um, so, yeah. Like, yeah, when, when um, so obviously um, you grew up in Australia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the thing. That's really Australia, South, uh, South America, America. You know, get yeah, me lost. Lots of countries to remember in one go. <laughs> uh, it's understandable. You know, it's all good. You know, we're all good. Um, so yeah, how long? How long did you live in? Um, you know, um, Australia for? Well, my whole life. Um, I guess holidays to Europe and South Africa. But uh, when I was. I started traveling when I was 18 and then I moved to the UK about two years ago. Mm-hmm. But I also say move tentatively because I'm technically going to move again. So I don't know what constitutes a permanent residence at the moment in my life. But uh, I spent most of my, yeah, until I was an adult, I was in Australia yeah. as a resident. Fair enough. Then, like, where, where are you planning on moving to next? Uh, I'm waiting to get back to Australia. Uh, my plan was to go from the summer of the UK and Europe that was open and then ship to Australia just as it was opening. Uh, but that plan didn't work out and now I'm stuck here until the next boat uh, to Australia. <laughs> so just waiting, like yeah. a convict waiting to go down south and waiting for my sentence. So I'm kind of in a limbo right now. So did you actually give a grab in Sydney itself or was it like... Um... Somewhere. Yeah, I grew up in Sydney, yeah. Yeah. I bet that was an absolute treat, you know, like, you know, uh, you probably come over here for, Jesus Christ, this weather's shit, you know, like, you know, uh, compared to, like, you know, the uh, beautiful... Yeah, summer, I mean, I didn't realise that until, I think there's this, there's this quote from this line in a song by an Australian musician, and the line is, uh, like, starving starving Australians in London, or is Australian starving in London, something like this, and it's all about, like, how we don't realize how good we have it until we come to the UK and we come here and we're, we're like, yes, we're going to make it. Anything's better than boring Australia. And then we get here, we're like, oh, wait, actually, Australia was a pretty good deal. <laughs> so it's kind of like a rite of passage. And uh, yeah. Right, and I'm surprised. Like, you know, um, uh, have you ever been to America before? 
once when I was 12. Fair enough. I was going to say, I've been a few times since, like, you know, I've turned 18 or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, uh, like, every time I go, they go, are you from Australia? I'm like, no. Really? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I just kind of wanted to get, like, your input on, like, you know, if, if, you, if you've been there before, and, like, I went, like, you know, because of you're from Australia, I want to know if they wanted to ask you if you were actually British and uh, see, see what they said. Oh, no, I don't remember. I was 12 years old. Uh, so, no, I don't remember that. Uh, yeah, but I do know there's that whole thing where Americans can't tell the difference between Australian and British accents so, and New Zealand accents. Hmm. So we're often confused. <laughs> Last time I went, I got in a cab and the first per- the first thing the person told me was like, he just looked at me just went up, are you from Scotland? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh, <Why> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that says more about uh, how little Americans travel than... I mean, it's the same and same in the UK mm. as well and many other places. I was going to say, uh, when, when they've got everything they've got, they don't need to travel. You know, they really don't. Like, <laughs> they've, they've literally <laughs> got everything they possibly need. And like, even if they wanted to travel, they can just tr- travel to like a beautiful little state which like around their area and there'll be like another country to them. So it's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, except like mass inequality and all the racial violence and uh, the political corruptness of the the US, I can imagine why people wouldn't want to be there right now. <laughs> I just I just kind of look at it at the moment like you know uh, twenty twenty like we all thought we had COVID bad, but like you know when when you looked at America last year, you're like well that yeah. country just went wrong. I don't know what happened there, you know. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. America is not one of the places I would want to be in right now. <laughs> Probably for the best. <laughs> But like, yeah, so you grew up in Australia. Have you ever been to Australia Zoo? Yes. Yeah. How was it? Uh, I love Australian animals. I love them even more so being here. Because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't, growing up around kind of, not that I, I didn't, I grew up in the city. I didn't grow up around kangaroos. But growing up around the ability to go and see kangaroos when we went to and koala bears and um, cockatoos outside our windows and stuff, I kind of... I didn't realize how those animals don't exist anywhere else in the world, which is kind of interesting. And when I was in Paris, I went to Paris Zoo and I saw that they had kangaroos there and I was really confused because it was a few months ago and it was really cold and wintry. I was like, why, why do they have kangaroos in a zoo in Paris? And I went there to find them and they were just huddled in a corner. <laughs> like, this is not where we belong. Take us home. So... <laughs> Like, I don't know if you've yeah. ever been fortunate enough to go to Colchester Zoo in Essex, uh, but they have this like whole like petting zoo area, and for some reason they have walking with wallabies. But obviously, you can see like how the wallabies would look like being treated like when they you know by 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 kids that like, they literally just hide in a corner and like literally every time someone r- walks in they'll like run away from straight away. It's like go on wallabies. <laughs> I know, and it's also, it's bizarre because it's not their native climate and I can't even imagine what food they would give them to eat because all the food they eat is native Australian plants. Mm. So it's like bizarre to me that uh, other countries, but I guess it's the British, it's the European way to steal things from other countries and uh, not know or care about where they've come from. (laughs) So it's a legacy. I'd like to apologise about that, you know, uh, for... uh for stealing culture and, you know, things like that, you know, uh, on behalf of Europe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, one of the most bizarre things was when I was in Paris, uh, like they still sell like 
African art as primitive art and they still have like an African like a museum of African artifacts that's all stolen and they still call it primitive primitivism it's just bizarre to me it's I feel like it's something that should have died out anyway I don't want to go in a rant because I've been reading about it all day so I'm like very angry right now and that's not what this podcast is about so it's all right you know you can vent as much frustration as you want it's fine you know like (laughs) now now I just want to talk to you for about like three hours about Steve Irwin and how much he was like an absolute icon to you guys oh yeah he was uh he was really amazing um I love his daughter Bindi Owen she Uh, has really taken his legacy on and she works at Australia Zoo and uh, I think there's like a Bindi Irwin part of the zoo that's like she's curated herself Um, and she's recently married and pregnant I think Mm. and she's quite young she's like in her early 20s so she's doing great and we all yeah we're all very proud of their family. (laughs) I I just remember the day like the days where basically you come home from school uh, you watch cartoons from three till five. And as soon as five o'clock hit, you got to watch the Crocodile Hunter Diaries. And my God, that guy. The the coolest mm. bloke I think I've ever seen on TV. I even got a Funko Pop of him. I love him, you know. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, I used to have um, like a, I, in my an old share house of mine, we had like an action figure, Steve Irwin action figure. I don't know where we got it from, but we had it in our house. So. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's that story because <laughs> uh, 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 i always there's a few days i always remember in my life and you know this this is one of them the day he died i remember coming downstairs my old man getting ready for work going like oh did you notice that the crocodile hunter died i was like no i've just woken up why why would i know that steve Irwin is dead <laughs> well, he died. and then you're like oh he got stung by a stingray like, oh jeez that's not no, nice at all that was really horrible hmm. yeah did, yeah, not, did you get, not like, a, fun, a few days off school story. for that? Did you? No, did you guys get a few days off school for it? Oh, no. But a friend of mine a few years ago got stung by a stingray on yeah. her foot near where, I, near where I grew up in Sydney. So there's that kind of Australian. People say, do Australia have wild animals? And I say, no, Australia's so safe. But then when I start talking about it, I'm like, actually, I've got quite a few stories of people <laughs> I know. <laughs> getting getting in trouble with some local animals so well it's just the thing isn't it just don't piss off the animals and you think you'll be all right you know like uh <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's the way forward yeah. i guess you know like don't, go, yeah, don't try and go swimming uh at 5 p.m in spring uh yeah <laughs> i don't know there are all these rules that when you're in australia you kind of learn about like when is a good time to like and good times of years to avoid certain situations, certain places. And, mm. um, but once you're kind of, you grow up there, you're kind of used to it. So you don't, you don't really think about it too much. Yeah, that's fair enough then. Like, um, what about, what about quokkas? Did you ever like get to see them? I love quokkas. They're like my favorite. I don't think I've ever seen like a quokka in the wild. No. I can't remember. Like maybe I've seen them in a zoo because they're not um native to where i grew up but uh they're really cute and really happy and whenever i'm drunk and i want to show my friends my favorite wild wildlife animal it's i show them that <laughs> uh, I think sometimes animals. they like sometimes they like 
The yeah. one of them animals, like when you read about them, you just like, oh my, this is this is absolutely savage. Like when when like you know like they sit there smiling, looking as cute as anything, but when they're in trouble, they will literally yeah. pick up their babies and launch them at the uh, at like the predator who's trying to kill really? them. Yeah, to get like, so they'll use their baby as like as a weapon as as bait, like so they can get away safely, and then they can just like you know the, the poor babies have to like fend for themselves. I'm really grateful you told me that fact. I'm going to use that. I can't believe that. You're going to have to read about it, like, you know, just to see that I'm at, you know, it's, it's like, literally, I was just there like, oh, wow. <laughs> then again, I read it yeah. on the internet, so it's probably fake. So uh... No, it's, it's probably definitely true. Um, Reddit is a really good place to find people ranting about how ridiculous Australian animals are. Yeah. Uh, koala bears are riddled with chlamydia. And they won't refuse to eat any other plant except eucalyptus trees. Uh, and eucalyptus trees gets them high. So they're constantly high, riddled with syphilis, and basically useless uh, as an animal. So <laughs> there's a... <laughs> and then people get really angry about koala bears, like just, just when they start reading about hmm. how ridiculous an animal they are. My, my dad went to the so Australia they... at the start of uh, last year. And he has this beautiful picture with like um, this like koala bear and him, where it's just basically like the koala's just like you know obviously just paying attention to eating the eucalyptus, and my dad's just there like smiling, like, <laughs> like giving like yeah. a good old scratch, but you know obviously but there you go just to. Uh... Oh my gosh, you've got a quokka! <laughs> you've got a quokka! Oh my god, you're I can't believe this. You're you're up you're up sh- out shining. What's yeah. it? You're one upping me. You're one upping me. <laughs> Oh man, so there you go, oh, here's a quokka. Like, and you put it in your camera just like that's how the people take selfies with quokkas. Like they'll put the <laughs> like they've always got the quokka like right up next to them. Uh I love that. Thank you for bringing that to the podcast today. It's all right, I can get Steve Owen as well if you want, like <laughs> yeah. I'll get him right it's now. So cool. Oh, you you're gonna get a Steve Owen doll? Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There we go. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I love that. That's awesome. Well, there he is. <laughs> There's yeah. some really normal shine on him, but he's on the back anyway, looking oh. all cool. Like, well, you should, you should come to Australia. Come to Australia Zoo. Oh, it's tempting, you know, like just, just you know, go to the home of yeah. Steve Owen and be like, yeah. <laughs> come to Queensland for sure. <laughs> I always remember they they made that movie like his movie The Crocodile Hunter, and just being like, this movie's awful. <laughs> like I don't even know. Oh, I didn't know he did a movie. Yeah, he made a movie. He went I didn't to the know. Cinemas and, um, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, it, it was like it had like him just doing like these like nature things throughout, and then like um, <laughs> then occasionally he'd uh, <laughs> just be, and then like then just this had this random storyline in it as well. Wow, I'll have to look that up um, when I'm drunk. <laughs> it's probably for the best, like. Yeah. Yeah, you, you might have a tear for it because you're like, Steve Irwin, you're a wonderful man. But... Yeah, he really is a really amazing person. Uh, actually, some psychics I know did like a mediumship session with him, and that was a really cool reading um, to get him to hear him speak. So that was cool. Did he, did he, did he yeah. say crikey at any point or anything like that? Or was it just like him just 
I think he did. I think he said they asked him what he thought of his wife when he first met her. Yeah. And his response was, you beauty. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was so nice. I was like, oh, I would love a man to, (laughs) an Australian man to say, you beauty. (laughs) (laughs) He just always like, I always just watched this like, um, I can't remember. It's not like American TV or Australian TV, one of the two. And he's standing there with a snake and like the snake bites him. And he's like, is everything all right? He's like, yeah, he's bitten me. Um, but uh, And he's just there, like, being all yeah. calm and everything. Like, he's just there, like, you're an absolute national treasure, Steve. You do realise this, you know? Yeah, that's the Australian way. Um, we say she'll be right. Mm-hmm. That's what we say a lot. It's kind of like our version of the British uh, nonchalance being like, you know, keep calm and carry on. Oh, like, yeah. we just don't care about anything. So anything happens, we're like, yeah, she'll be right. <laughs> all right, it'll be alright, you know. So love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, um, I, it's one of the places, Australia. Like, uh, it, it, it's just like my old man. I think he saved up all his life just to go there. Bless him. Um, oh, I'll leave that there. Um, <laughs> uh, like, uh, he did. yeah, he finally he got to do it. Go? Huh? Did he get to go? Yeah, he got to, to go. Australia? He went last year at the start of last year. Um. And when he come back, like COVID basically hit the UK hard. Um, so it was just like, yeah. you know, he got there basically just in the right time. Um, he's got this beautiful yeah. photo oh, album. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. This beautiful photo album he's got. Mm. And it's him in the Sydney Opera House. And they've just taken his picture, like, you know, once. Mm-hmm. And they've just put a load of green screens behind it. Like, just all the different rooms. And it just looks like the funniest thing I think I've ever seen in my life. Like, I sit there just laughing my head off at it. Uh. <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, see, I grew up in Sydney and I just, I guess when you grow up somewhere, you don't think too much of it. Mm-hmm. And because my parents are immigrants, so that for them, like, moving to Australia was, like, a big deal. And even still, my parents, like, my mother loves Sydney. And uh, she's always begging me to come back to Sydney. She's like, it's so beautiful. Don't you think it's so beautiful? It's so beautiful. Um. But when you grow up in a place, you don't really appreciate it. Sometimes you kind of have to leave to really um, appreciate it. So, well, yeah. You've been traveling. But it's, 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 it's nice. It's like it's a weird thing to hear that people would save up their whole life to come to go to somewhere where you grew up, you know? Hmm. Yeah. Like, I, I can't hmm. really imagine going away and being like, oh, I'd love to go to Essex. And we're like, don't. <laughs> But. Actually, um, a really good friend of mine lives in Colchester, so I've I've been to Essex and I've stayed there. Yeah, you know, if you ever go back and visit them, then you get to go walk with the wallabies. You know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go all the way to Essex just to hang out some wallabies. <laughs> Don't worry, they got goats there and other things. It's really cool. <laughs> oh, cool! I love goats. Goats. I love goats also because they are most like dogs. They you when you call them, they will recognize their name, hmm. right. and they will like put their head down so you can pet them. I used to live with some goats. <laughs> That's why I know this. <laughs> I, 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 I like this already. Like you, uh, you've traveled. <laughs> you live with goats. Uh, <laughs> you have three different accents. Uh, <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a winning combination. This is. <laughs> 
a weird person. <laughs> nah, you seem like a nice person so far. It's the first time ever meeting you, and like you know, uh, so far you seem quite jolly. Yeah, I like it. It's quite good. Mm-hmm. So well, that's good. I'll be sure not to say anything offensive. <laughs> I don't think you can really say anything offensive. It's fine, like you know. <laughs> it's like I think everyone knows. Apparently, well, there's an urban legend for everybody who you know, who are, like apparently Australians constantly have dropped the C bomb in like every sentence. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've I've learned my lesson. I don't I don't say yeah. In fact, I've learned a lot of lessons in the UK to do about the Australian kind of way of being. Um, they don't like it too much when you're upfront and honest and dry british people don't like that yeah. australians are very honest and we're very open and we we don't have like bad intentions but like we also don't care what you think uh so australians are just like that by nature so when i came over here um i'd go to see a band and my friends would say oh what do you think i'm like i think that's shit and they're like you can't say that you have to be really, you have to be polite and nice. You can't tell someone that you think they're fans shit. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's all right. I call Coldplay shit all the time. It's fine. So, you know. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, well, you can't go to gigs anymore. So I'm safe for now. Well, true. rather everyone else is safe from me for now. <laughs> yeah, true, true. <laughs> you know, one day you'll have your own like column in the paper. You're just reviewing bands. Yeah, this band was shit. Yeah, yeah shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so what what other countries did you like go traveling in then what other countries have i gone traveling in um i can't really remember when i well in europe i've been to france and germany i haven't really traveled that much in europe i think when i was little we went to switzerland uh uh i went i lived in israel when i was 18 for a bit how was that um and that was cool yeah i was cool i um it was it was interesting i don't think as an 18 year old i should have i don't think any 18 year old should be allowed to go traveling on their own unsupervised because i definitely got drunk all the time i think my mom because i'm jewish my family's jewish so i think my mom sent me there to kind of become religiously enlightened or something and i just got drunk every day um and hooked up with a bunch of israeli boys and just didn't really do what i was meant to (laughs) i think (laughs) my parents had sent me there for so (laughs) there you go (laughs) kind of of like uh Um, your honest answer (laughs) that's fair enough at least you're honest about it um (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like you know uh, the Amish, and they send out their kids to go like discover themselves. Um, like you know, uh, when when they turn like eighteen or whatever, or twenty one, I'm not too sure whatever it is, and then just say like, yeah. yeah, go 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 be an adult. Like go do whatever you want for a year if you like it, and stay out there. But if you don't, then come back. Well, I think the difference with the Amish <laughs> children is that they grow up being conservative and only knowing Amish culture, and they have like yeah. one year of freedom. And that's meant to scare them into becoming more Amish. Whereas I was always really crazy and was always drinking and was always partying. So going to a different country wasn't really going to change that. Hmm. Um, and it hasn't stopped since. So there you go. <laughs> Are you not even Hebrew that was then? A, or, uh... That's also a joke. I'm very much an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> 
So when you were out in like, Israel, were you, were you talking like uh, like the, the native tongue or uh, were you just like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm Alexa? Yes, I can speak Hebrew. Yeah, yeah I can speak Hebrew. Yeah. That's badass. Like, I've always wanted to learn a second language. Uh, I was all right at French, I suppose, at school, but that's probably about it. Uh, never, never really broke it out, though. You know, like... The only things I think I can really say is yeah, it takes a lot of commitment to yeah, it takes a lot of commitment to learn a language. Mm. Um, but if you know a few words, you can pretend that you know it. And then when they start speaking, trying to speak fluent with you, you just like pretend you can't hear them. Yeah, and walk away. <laughs> just like, like the whole... just... <laughs> I'll probably be like. <laughs> <laughs> Nod. yeah <laughs> yeah you know it's the only way forward really yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so like that, that's crazy um i've never been to israel uh it's probably on the bucket list of things to do um i might fit in because i look like a fat seth rogan so uh you know they uh they might might think i'm i mean i'm a jew so you know i might be able to do it but you know they might not they might figure out that you know i'm not actually jewish uh <laughs> but mm-hmm. You never know. One day, one day. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. So you are a tarot. I've been calling it a tarot for ages, and um, someone told me it's not a tarot; it's a tarot. You're an idiot. I'm like, okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, how did you even get into that the stuff? I when I was I got my first deck when I was six years old. So, which people are quite surprised by, but uh, I'm not, I don't know. I think people who know me are not surprised by that. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's how I got into it. I started doing it when I was six, but then there was always kind of this, where I grew up, um, a lot of stigma. Well, not really stigma, but it was kind of seen as something weird. And I kind of had started, got a reputation from a really young age as being like a weird kid, which as much as I've tried as a teenage and adult to wash off will forever remain. <laughs> so I've kind of learned to just embrace it. But uh, when I was younger, yeah, so I got my first deck and then I stopped doing readings, uh, stopped doing the cards or, and then, um, but it was always an interest of mine, spirituality and uh, like mediumship and um ghosts and all of that so I was always interested in the supernatural um that never really went away and then I picked up a deck when I was 18 at a friend's house and did a reading for a guy who was in the house I just said hey I found this tarot deck can I give you a reading (laughs) and it was really on point and really accurate and then since then I've kind of taken it more seriously and that was over eight years ago now Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Like, I I wouldn't even know where to start with <laughs> that kind of stuff. Like, my my parents always like watch shows about ghosts and things like that, and I'd just be sitting there going like, well, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm a very agnostic person. I believe seeing is believing kind of thing, you know. But at the end of the day, yeah. you're going to change my mind in a bit, so it's going to be fun. Um... <laughs> well, I feel that with the, with the television ghost stuff, I mean, I think the the what frustrates me a lot about the media with that is that it's all like fear based. It's all like horror, like ghosts being scary. But then once you really do start doing mediumship and learning more about it, you kind of realize that it's not that the stare, the scariness is not real. Like it's more just like because we don't understand it. Um, 
we're afraid of it. And I think that's true of a lot of things, you know, we can talk about culture clashes and people being racist and all those things. It's just because they don't really understand it. Not to compare racism to ghosts because that's a really <laughs> odd comparison to make, but just the idea that we're afraid of things that we don't understand. Um, so I think that's one thing that, because I work with this magazine called Soul and Spirit Magazine, my friend's the editor of it. And a big thing for us, we've started our own podcast and a big thing is to like, change the stigma and the fear around spiritual things okay. so yeah yeah like um we uh like we we, we lo like we lost my mum a few years ago uh yeah. three years ago yeah that will be four years this year um and um like my brother and my dad they always convinced that they've had like you know scenes of her since you know like and there's just me, like, you know, well, I haven't seen anything, I haven't, like, you know, kind of thing. And they just felt, they have, like, that whole thing where it's, like, it felt so real, you know, uh, it was like she was there. And I'm just sitting there, like, yeah, not seen it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's also, it also happens in different ways. Like, I know, like, when people, uh, tra we call it transitioning because we don't, the spiritualists, like, we don't believe there's a difference between life and death. We kind of experience it all. And a lot of indigenous cultures believe the same thing. So uh, it's yeah, so we call it kind of not that someone's died, but someone's like transitioned. So mm -hmm. it, it's like they're still present, their presence is still that, but they're just not, they're just taking a different form pretty much. Um, but I find that like when, you know, when you're doing your daily chores or whatever, you're cooking and you just like think of them randomly, or you're having a dream and you wake up and they're in your mind, that's, that's their connection with you if that makes sense so it's like you don't have to like have like a tap on your window or like you know a, a ghostly spray paint like i love you on the wall <laughs> you know? yeah. sometimes it's more subtle than that it's more like our intuitive like feelings uh or like a song will come on the radio that will remind you of them or often with my grandmother who transitioned like sometimes like her scent like i'll just smell her mm. And it could be the set that someone on the bus is wearing or something. And that's kind of my way of being like, oh, like that's how I would translate in my mind. It's like, oh, that's her kind of, you know, telling me that I'm uh, going on a date with someone I shouldn't really be dating or just something like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, think, I think the closest like, thing I've really ever had was uh, when I visited the Anne Frank house. Um, there was a lot of people there and there was just like you know there's one area which is just really cold compared to the rest of it and uh, I think she was basically saying get the fuck out of my house uh, but like you know um, you know deep down it, it was it was just such a sad place to be really like you know uh, it was just like, oh. <laughs> well usually like places that um, hold a lot of tra traumatic experiences it may not necessarily be their spirit that's hanging out there telling people to leave but it's more just the energy of it's like when you have emotions especially strong emotions that like i'm going to metaphysical talks now okay. um they go it, it, it's like ener emotions are energy and sometimes if the emotions are strong enough the energy will stay in the in the place and it's also like the energy of everyone who's gone through that place so when you go and when you're saying you're in the museum and you felt this you know sadness and you know, may not necessarily be her spirit, but it could just be the energy of like everyone who's been there mm. and has felt that, you know, 
And that works on the other side, that also works with energy of love. Like we did a session about um, Michelangelo, you know, the, the big statue, mm-hmm. Michelangelo. You know, the one with the... Yeah, yeah. I like how you point yeah. it down. So uh, I know, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I point it down. To the, yeah, you know what I was pointing at. And, uh, and I said to my friend who was doing this session, I said, like, what, like, what is the significance of him? Like, why are people so drawn to this statue? And she said um, that, uh, oh, who made it? I'm going to, my brain snap. Da Vinci. Was yeah, it Da Vinci? I, who made it? it sounds, it sounds about right. It sounds like, like a Da Vinci right. thing. Well, yeah. Oh, they are. I go to art school. I should know this. Anyway, uh, he, um, Da Vinci, he made it, uh, imbued so much love into it, and everyone who has seen it, like, has so much, has put so much love into it, so that's, you know, so the energy works both ways, in the way, the same way that it can be a place where you feel sadness from everyone who's been there, it also works the opposite way, um, with love, hmm. so, and other, other energies, so that's something to think about. Hmm. Well, like the, uh, the, 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 one of the things I remember watching, um, I can't remember what it was, but I remember, like, always remember, like, Einstein, he said that energy never dies. Um, yeah. So, you know. It's that, just transformed. Yeah. So when you, like, you think, you know what, that, that, <laughs> that kind of made me think, like, a bit more, like, on the spiritual side, like, hmm, you know what, that yeah. guy's the smartest guy think, in the world. <laughs> yeah, and when you think that we're energy, so how could it be that when our body decomposes, like, what, what would happen, you know, our consciousness is an energy, like what would happen? Like it's, it's not created or destroyed. It just is, and it just re, it just reworks itself, you know. So, and that's what I. That's why I'm drawn to, uh, to like mediumship and channeling because it's about tapping into energy, the like energy consciousness. That's how tarot cards work. Um, it's just about like connecting to energy, and we're all doing it unconsciously all the time. Yeah. Um. It's just doing it intentionally, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really know what else to say about the spiritual thing. Like, Sorry, that's like a lot of information yeah. to kind of dump. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> do you have any more questions? <laughs> um, I don't really know about <laughs> the spiritual side. Like, I just find it fascinating myself. Like, you know, it's just something that you know, you know, when you think like, you know, what I should really focus on just living. But I'm kind of focusing what happens afterwards. Uh, you know, you get that in your head all the time. You know, like you know, that's so. It's always a thing where you know it makes you think, and that's such a good thing because you get thinking. You get thinking. Yeah. Definitely a lot of thinking. I think I do too much thinking and not a lot, not enough living. <laughs> not enough physical. Well, that's the thing is that I think being in lockdown, we're stuck in our minds so much so i wonder if people are kind of getting a bit existential or i don't know becoming more spiritual i don't know Hmm. because because we're not just we can't be distracted anymore by going out and being around people and yeah well i remember uh my my brother and my nan, uh, when my mum died, they wanted to do a Ouija board. I'm like, nope, you keep that away from me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, well, I well again, I do mediumship and I do use a pendulum and um, text if I need to. But I think that when people don't know properly how to do it, or at least 
they don't do their research into how to do it properly, they can get they could get spooked, which goes back into the stigma of the scariness. And I think the stigma just comes from people not again not knowing, not researching, not speaking to other psychics, not speaking to other mediums about the real. I want to say, quote unquote, science behind it, the real way it works. Um, I mean, I want everyone to, we all have the ability to talk to spirits. I mean, you could, you can, if you want to, like you can set an intention when you go to sleep and say, I want to like speak to this person or see this thing. And and it will happen. If you put that out there, if you set that, put that energy out there, you'll get it back. But um, yeah, it just, I, I don't, I just, I feel so protective of it because I just want people to like not be afraid and I don't want, if they if they don't understand what they're doing, they could be afraid, and that's that's the opposite of what being a spiritualist is, you know. Yeah, cool. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, are you afraid of what might come out in your cards? Um, I like literally, I'm I'm really open minded. Um, so <laughs> like when it comes to me in life, I'm just saying like, eh, probably you know, <laughs> sounds like me, you know, just like kind of happy-go-lucky kind of prick uh but um yeah no why did, you, why did you ask me like why were you interested in getting your cards read just out of curiosity why did you um just just curious really like you know at the end of the day like it, i've never had like a reading done or anything like that i've never been like too like um i've always walked past like you know uh things like you know when you're on like the south end seafront or just the seafronts of like any places and they do like card readings there and things like that and you know you know when you just kind of think to yourself you know what one day <laughs> i'd kind of like to see you know what what you know what it actually is and uh and see see you know uh what you know hopefully what my life actually means uh, <laughs> or, uh and so yeah just thought it'll be you know quite a good thing to do really yeah i think so i got my reiki done today from a friend i don't know if you know what reiki is it's a whole new modality of you're going to, have to explain it i'm afraid <laughs> <laughs> so reiki is when i still don't really understand it fully it's one of the mo- the healing modalities that i least uh connected with growing up and it's about it's it goes on this idea of energy spaces and chakras so the idea is i think what they do is essentially they put their hands like uh, on top of you although she was doing it remotely so she was kind of visualizing it and visualization works in the same way because it's still energy. It's still manipulating energy with our minds, which saying that sounds completely insane to someone who doesn't really <laughs> know what Reiki is. But uh, so it's about like, so she'll like, okay, what she was doing today is that she'll visualize my body and my chakras. So my chakras are like, um, like your energy around your mind, your energy around your throat, your energy around your stomach and your bum and your feet and like every part of your body represents a different energy center that represents it correlates to something physical so the root chakra which is like where your bum is is like about materials materials things like financing stuff finances your stomach is like solar plexus so that's self-confidence that's self-esteem fear stuff like anything to do with that is there heart chakra is like in your heart space loving feeling stuff like this throat is like speaking so all of that so she'll like go through and see where my blockages are and then clear them so she did that for me today and it was pretty cool because she did like she was 
doing it remotely and she sent me a little voice memo uh describing what my blockages were and where they were and why I had them and she understood exactly like all of these things that I'd been thinking about these past weeks so that was quite interesting to me that she could know so much in just an hour without having spoken to me at all of course yeah uh so yeah so apparently my chakras are cleansed which you know remains to be seen but uh let's see if any strong life changes happen within the next <laughs> few weeks oh you know if you get uh, what's it um an australian <laughs> yeah. fella kind of like giving you a voice note going hello darling or whatever it was <laughs> Oh, oh my god yeah well actually i think one of my one of my things that were blocked was like the ro- like the sexual heart relationship so you know that does have some credibility so we'll see <laughs> i'll let you know i always remember going to spain last year and uh, on the like one of the last nights we bumped into this scottish lady called susan uh she, absolutely lovely lady um and i remember like uh her and, her and my brother got talking and he was there like can you read palms and she was there like i think so and uh <laughs> sat yeah, there. i think so that's yeah. a good answer um because she uh like apparently like she uh well we'll say apparently she told us that like you know um that you know, she she um, lost like a, a sibling when she was younger, and she had like um, throat cancer when she was a kid. So basically, she had like um, a load of like this cancer removed from her throat. We we'll say loads of cancer. She had the cancer removed from her throat, um, oh. and then like um, the sibling that obviously died, she she said like she had like a spiritual connection with, and um, like I remember once like um, she was saying about like oh uh, you know we were going somewhere I've never been before, but like. Um, I was telling, telling my dad what direction to go and things like that because, like, the spirit was telling me and things like that. So my brother had his palm read by her and uh, he, he got his whole life read. I went, oh, do me, do me. And she goes like, oh, Matthew, you're going to have an amazing life. I was thinking, is that it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know too much about palms and I would like to... I'm really interested just in general in learning about different forms of divination Uh I love the idea you can do, I love tarot cards, but you can also do fortune telling with uh, playing cards. Mm-hmm. So whenever I'm with my friends and we're playing cards, I'm like, oh, can, I want to try like read your fortune with like the playing cards. And there's also a Chinese version where they throw sticks mm-hmm. and the sticks in the formation that the sticks are that they can do fortune telling with that. Like each culture has their own way of doing it. But um, in spiritualism, we also believe that uh, the future can be changed. So while we do, we can say that this outcome will happen likely to in this situation now, like we have free will and we can change the outcome. Like we can, like the outcomes can always be changed. So the idea that you can have your entire life read and that's set in stone is uh, not really what I (laughs) relate to. But uh, I think that you can have like a general guideline of lessons you need to learn in your life and things you need to go through. Mm -hmm. Like there are some things that maybe traumatic experiences that like no matter what path we take is inevitably going to happen. But I think that what's really important when it comes to fortune telling is the idea that we can change our decisions and we can change our life. Like we're not doomed to being single forever we're not doomed to uh you know being poor forever like we we do have the power to like change our circumstance Mm -hmm. uh which is something i want to 
make it sounds, clear. It sounds quite funny because I'm pretty sure you're going to put the first card down a bit and go like, you're going to be single forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I would never say that. <laughs> I could say, I mean, there's sometimes people who uh, ask me for readings, they will say like, and I have a love reading for this month. And I have to say, well, you're actually going to be single for this month, but it doesn't mean you're going to be single forever, but it just means that your focus right now shouldn't be on finding a partner. Your focus should be on a relationship with a parent or a relation or a relationship with money. Like I think that, and one of our biggest topics that people ask for when it comes to readings is love, which mm bores me a lot <laughs> it's quite boring <laughs> on the on the dl <laughs> what, what about so. someone would like you know come up to you for instance say how many birds am i gonna bang in life can you tell me that and you were like none <laughs> no well i can say it's up to him yeah but he might that kind of person might also go through like a life-changing experience where their penis gets cut off and then they can't have sex with <laughs> anyone so I can't, you know, so I can't say to them, you know, anything. <laughs> What's like the most awkward question you've ever been asked? As a reader? Yeah. Oh, okay. I need to be, I need to think about like the privacy of some of my clients because I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass anyone. Not that I don't think any of my previous, like from years past would, would, would know about this, but um, what's, Wait, what was the question again? What's the most question you've ever been asked to, like, you know, as a tarot reader? <laughs> oh, I have to think about that because I have quite normal, normal people asking me things. Um, what's the most awkward? Okay, I'm gonna say this one, even though it's probably like against the code of ethics. But I, someone once she was cheating on her partner, and she was asking me if she should leave her partner for this other person mm -hmm. and she was quite old she'd been married with this person for like 25 years or something so that was and I was quite young at that point I'm 25 now I was like 21 or 20 mm -hmm. and uh I never I've never been married so I just couldn't believe that this person was you know asking me this and the thing about that reading was she well, the thing about that was that she, like, the, they wouldn't give me an answer. Like, the spirit guides, like, they wouldn't tell me who she should go for. They just kept saying that uh, she she had to decide for herself what would yeah. make her happy. And I couldn't tell her what make, could make her happy. I could just tell her the all of the information that could help her make a decision that was right for her. So I could say to her, you know, your husband, like, supports you. You know, things might be hard right now, but they're they'll be okay because you're committed to each other and I could like I could give her like the whole story of everything in her life but I couldn't tell her what decision to make because that was for her to do it and it was awkward because it's it involved so many people and so many different people's lives so whatever I said could potentially have really hurt someone mm -hmm. else so in that moment uh I, I didn't tell her the answer. I just told her all of the information, which is basically stuff she already knew internally, just needed someone to kind of explain it to her. And that's also a lot of what tarot really is. It's like just telling you stuff you already know, uh, but it's just different hearing someone who's a complete stranger telling telling you yourself, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> so yeah, so that's to answer your question. Um, <laughs> I, I won't get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but, 
you didn't give away any names or anything like that. So, you know, uh, no, 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 no. And this was a long time ago, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you ready to do this reading? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you want me to just do like a general... Or do you have any specific questions about anything? No, I have no idea. I'm pretty like clueless right now to even even what ask. So, uh... well, like any any specific area, like career, relationships, I don't travel, know. or I could just I'll just do like a general. General, huh? general sounds good. <laughs> general, okay. Because I'm sitting here right now, right. Like, thinking. <laughs> That's fine, because the general reading's often enough, so... My, my, my head always definitely... just feels like it's just full of air, so it looks like I just don't feel like I've got like, anything on the on the brain whatsoever. I'm just there like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I spend so much of my time with, like, other readers, so I forget what it's like reading for people who don't know tarot, who are not familiar with it, and on New Year's, I did a reading for a friend's boyfriend and I never met him before and I just pulled some cards for him and he just looked at me and he was crying and he was like and it was a good reading and I was like why are you crying he's like because you just read me so well and you've never met me before and it's so emotional <laughs> I was like okay okay crazy <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll just pull your cards now. I'm just shuffling. Okay. Okay. It'll just take me a few minutes. I will do a it's spread right. and then... It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you might want to edit out if it gets silent, you know. Alright. Okay. All right, yeah, I've got the cards out now, so I can start reading now. Sweet. All right, so in your current space... Sorry, I'll pull out one more card. All right, so in the current space, we've got the Three of Cups and the Hermit card. So uh, the Three of Cups is about social socializing. Um, I mean, I feel like this is probably just describing the current situation, which is not what I asked, but whatever. Because <laughs> um, the Three of Cups is about socializing, but then it's crossed uh, with people. Um, it's connecting with people. So we've also got the Page of Swords as like your unconscious space. So I feel like you could be spending a lot of time this may seem obvious because we're in lockdown, but spending more time than normal on the internet than usual, but like connecting with people. So perhaps you've got like, perhaps you're really in a space where you're like, I want to really socialize with people right now. I'm going to like organize all my Zoom calls, all my chatting, like texting a lot of people, messaging a lot of people. So you're being really active when it comes to socialization, but it's all online. But that's kind of what you're focused on right now. Um, and we've got the hermit card. The hermit card is about being alone. It's about being isolated. So it's like, even though you're isolated, it's not like stopping you from push. It's not stopping. It's it's like you're going through a phase in your life right now where you're feeling like you want to be a bit more social than you have been previously. And so that's kind of where your focus is right now. And we've got the six of pentacles. So the six of pentacles is about... Um, giving and taking so it could also be about like finances so I don't know if you work online with your friends or something to do with money because uh, the pentacles represents money but it also just means that could relate but it also just means like giving and taking equal balance so perhaps you're like going through maybe if you've been ignoring a lot of people in the past I feel like you're getting back in touch with them 
and like people that you've been neglecting you're kind of feeling bad about it and you're like contacting them again because the six of pentacles is about giving and taking an equal balance so you're kind of looking at your relationships and being like where have I not been giving as much or where am I not getting as much and so that can kind of tie in with the communication online communication um do you want to stop me or say no. anything or do you want me to carry on keep going on <laughs> <laughs> so we've got the four of ones in the near past so perhaps you've been thinking this is about like a home and a stable home life environment so perhaps when it also comes to socializing and stuff but you've also really been focused on like house things so um maybe you connect like working on the relationships with the people you already live with and making that harmonious if there was conflict over christmas i feel that's what i'm picking up on that there might have been some kind of conflict this is about like making peace in the home with the people you're living with because you're kind of realizing like there's no getting out of this so I just have to kind of cop it and deal with it and make it good <laughs> um I've got the three of ones in the near future so I feel like um while you know this is kind of where you're at right now and in the near future the three of ones is looking towards the future but it's like it could be planning travel so you could be planning a move you could be thinking about moving out or you could be thinking about um, places that you want to go traveling. I don't know how that works with lockdown, lockdown, why you would be doing that, but that may be something you're thinking about doing. <laughs> um, but it could also be to do with projects. So it's like you're thinking about projects that you haven't yet started, but you want to start. And so that's what you're going to be kind of working on, maybe with these friends you've been talking to lately or you've been working with. Like it's about, okay, I'm talking, having a good time, da-da-da connect with everyone all right now the next step is I'm gonna now think about like the projects that I want to set in motion like to focus on for the future and this could also do be due to just in general I feel like a lot of people I, I, I understand this as well like in lockdown we're like okay like now we're gonna think about like we don't have our jobs anymore so now we're gonna start thinking about like other projects and other work opportunities like based on our passions that we can pursue so that's kind of where you're gonna be pushing yourself thinking about uh in the next in the near future so does that all relate um sorry no <laughs> really good. like uh yeah the whole lockdown <laughs> thing things yeah but i'm sitting there about that like, trying to figure out the one is like well i only live with my dad i haven't fell on out of him at christmas but uh maybe we did <laughs> uh he did tell me off earlier on for not moving the tree up. No, so. no, 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 no. If he did it, it could just be, it, it doesn't, it could just be like um, working on the relationships with the people you live with. Uh, don't, don't get paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But yeah, fair enough, sounds good. <laughs> but I think the big, yeah, I mean the biggest, yeah, I mean, we've got the Nine of Cups as like your crowning energy and the Nine of Cups is about like, being really content with what you have. So I don't feel like you're in anything negative. I think the only difficult thing is we've got the Four of Swords and the Hermit in the same spread. So they're both about like being isolated or being on your own. So with the communication, online communication with these friends and your support network, like that's something that, um, you know, while just, just focus on seeing that as a new way to continue your social life and and what makes you happy is being social so don't let like because the four of swords is, is someone who's like stuck and stuck at like literally physically stuck and can't move and can't leave and they're like 
retreated into themselves and the hermit is someone who again it's the same kind of character so even though you may physically be stuck or feel like you are you there are still people that you can connect with and you are connecting with especially when it comes to what I was saying before about like going back and replying to messages and reconnecting with people that you ne not necessarily have been really connecting with lately um but yeah that was a specific it was meant it was a specific reading of you but I feel like it's such a general it's such a thing that so many people are going through as well I think I think but, I put you know you know when you just meet the average human being I think I'm in that zone and uh <laughs> <laughs> I think it all makes sense like um you've seen like the Lego movie no I haven't seen the Lego oh, movie oh man I was gonna say there's like basically um <laughs> They think they've got the master builder, but they've just got this ordinary guy. And then like they just say, oh. This guy's just so generic. <laughs> like literally, this is <laughs> this is all he is, you know. He's he knows you know, he's not the master builder or whatever. And then they, they uh <laughs> and I feel like I'm in that zone <laughs> of being like the, the Well there's nothing generic about um being open minded and wanting so, to talk to people who are different and out of your comfort zone and out of your community, you know, there's nothing generic about that. So you're not generic. Yeah. Matthew don't, one don't generic nil. <laughs> not many generic people have gotten a tarot card reading from an Australian, South African, Jewish girl in North London. <laughs> True that. <laughs> <I'll accept> that. <laughs> so yeah. Do you have anything more to say to that reading or was that pretty stock standard? Oh, it seemed it seemed pretty like, you know, basically just me, you know, like yeah. open minded, you know, just, just you know that person who like you know at the, at the end of, yeah everyone you know feels lonely you've hit the nail on the head there like you really have um it just sounded yeah like yeah pretty yeah. dead on yeah. yeah but you have everything you need like you've got you've got roof like you've got food you've got enough money mm -hmm. so like all the material stuff's covered i think for you right now it's just focusing on the social stuff and just keeping keeping that going yeah, of course. And uh, yeah, and just keep reaching out to friends and connecting with people online and stuff because that's because everything you don't have to worry about anything else. How lucky? How lucky are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll accept. It. <laughs> oh, you no, just focus the money on card, they're like, oh shit, she knows I'm shit with money. <laughs> uh, well, it didn't say that actually. It didn't say anything about you being in. A bad financial place at the moment. Oh, I'm not like in debt or anything like that. I'm just, you know, just spend it yeah. all. But I should save it, but I don't. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we actually, at the bottom of the deck, we've got the Ace of Pentacles, which is about a new, like, financial start in something. So there may be money coming to you soon or some kind of financial gift or loan. I don't know if your dad helps you with money or oh, something. No, I'll, but... get, I'll get a bonus from work probably in like March time. So happy days. <laughs> yeah exactly so that was at the bottom of the deck so i'm like yeah you're really not gonna be worrying about money this year <laughs> you're fine <laughs> there you go <laughs> well, anyway alexa thank you very much for coming on today it's been a really really fun episode i'm not gonna lie like um i've learned so much about me <laughs> and uh, my love for the spiritual world um but yeah tell everyone where they can find you and if they want to get their own tarot reading you know just to uh where, where they can find you 
me now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, my name's Alexa. You can find me at facebook.com slash tinkered tarot. So that's T-I-N-K-E-R-E-D tarot. Because <laughs> sometimes my accent gets mixed up. And that's where you can find me. I do live readings. I do mediumship and psychic readings and tarot readings and sometimes just general chats, if that's what people want. So, yeah. Thanks. That's all right. Thank you for coming on and at home. So always remember, I'm Matthew Haslam Hammond. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs>